So the big question we've been addressing is, what does it mean to be congregational? And in part one, we discovered being congregational means being Christ-centered. In part two, we discovered it means being Holy Spirit-filled. In part three, we discovered it means being worship-orientated. And today, we'll be thinking about what it means for a congregational church to be mission-hearted. Mission-hearted. So before we dive into the passage, we're going to be having some congregational history. And so in England, Scotland and Wales, in the 1800s, nonconformists were thriving. Britain was in the throes of the Industrial Revolution and new towns and cities were springing up across these lands with vast numbers of people moving from their country villages to work in the factories. For the majority of these folks, life in the big cities was desperately poor. The people needed help materially and spiritually. The established church, the Church of England, was predominantly rooted in rural communities. But the non-conformist churches had the vision to build mission centres in these new urban areas of the Industrial Revolution. The nonconformists found themselves working among the poor and working class people of the factories and the mills. And they brought with them basic aid and education. Nonconformists were mission hearted. This gave the masses a chance at bettering themselves and their living conditions. But of course, the most important thing the nonconformists brought to the poor and the working classes was the good news about Jesus Christ and the salvation that was available to them and how he loved them and how they could receive this salvation for themselves. This contact with the poor and the rich industrialists gave the nonconformist churches an insight into the injustices of their day. Nonconformists or dissenters were increasingly taking an active role in public life and gained political power. They led the way in some major, major social reforms. They were leaders in legislation to help the poorest classes by giving them access to better living conditions. They campaigned against the slave trade and fought for prison reform. They were at the forefront of the suffragette movement and were the first churches to ordain women into positions of leadership. They had a significant impact. In the 18th and 19th centuries, Britain and other European superpowers reached into other countries throughout the world and imposed colonial dominance over them. Their rulership was often harsh and destructive Unfortunately, Christian missionaries were complicit in these nationalistic movements where local customs were often misunderstood or crushed completely. However, nonconformists often worked with sensitivity and brought benefits to the societies that they touched. The London Missionary Society was founded by congregational churches in 1795 and its objective was to bring the gospel to people groups 
who could own it for themselves and lead their own churches in their own ways, it would be impossible to disassociate the word mission from its colonial past, unfortunately. But historically, the congregational ethos was attractive and effective because essentially church leadership was open and accessible to the local people of these conquered nations. This empowering approach helped to foster the slave revolt in Guyana and eventually enabled congregational churches in South Africa to promote ethnically mixed congregations during the apartheid years. Can you see the power of the mission-minded congregationalists? Can you see the impact that they have had historically in the church and in wider society? We're gonna dive back into the passage now. So what do we need to know about the passage that we've heard this morning? This psalm was possibly written for King Solomon and it's called a messianic psalm because it prophetically describes in metaphorical language the relationship between the anointed king known as the Messiah and his bride. Jesus is the fulfillment of these prophecies. He is the expected Messiah. And who is his bride? We are, it's the church who is his bride. Isn't that good? We see hints of the whole Trinity in this messianic psalm. God the Father anoints God the Son, Jesus, and pours out the oil of joy upon him, which is the Holy Spirit. God the Father has blessed the Messiah forever. Gracious words come from his mouth. He is a mighty warrior. He rides out in victory, defending truth, humility, and justice. He performs awe-inspiring deeds. And his arrows pierce, pierce his enemies' hearts. And the nations surrender to him. That's the Jesus I know. Is that the Jesus you know? He pierced my heart when I came to faith. The New Testament authors, the apostles and the early church understood this illustration to reflect their own relationship to Christ. It reveals the bridegroom, Jesus, loves his bride, the church. And King Jesus is delighted by her beauty. That really spoke to me. Jesus is delighted by the beauty of his church. Jesus is delighted with your beauty and with my beauty. I want that to just sink in for a minute. He looks upon his bride and sees a beautiful bride. We are his beautiful people. That's not me saying that. That's the word saying that. God sees you as his beautiful bride. 
we must honor our King Jesus so that we, so that he will be remembered for all of time and every nation will worship him. Brothers and sisters, may our hearts burn with love for Jesus just as his heart burns with love for us, each and every one of us. The author of the Psalms understood it was their responsibility to perpetuate the good news about God to every succeeding generation. The author of this psalm says, I will bring honor to your name in every generation. Therefore, the nations will praise you forever and ever, in verse 17. Through all the psalmists, God's name would be honored and praised throughout the world. Generations come and go, but the name of the Lord Jesus Christ will be remembered forever. And part of the call on us is to share the name of Jesus with everybody that we meet. As individual disciples of Jesus, and as the body of Christ in Taunton, we have a responsibility to bring honor to God's name with everyone we meet. That's your responsibility, and it's my responsibility. We have a responsibility to share the gospel message with others. Mission is not an optional extra. What is mission? Well, the, def the definition of mission can be an important assignment given to a person or group of people. Furthermore, the vocation or calling of a religious organization especially a Christian one, to go out into the world and spread its faith. That's our mission, to spread our faith in Jesus. So mission is not an optional extra. Stuart Murray says, mission is not an agenda item. It is the agenda. It is not something churches do but a divine initiative in which the church participates. So what do we need to do? As a congregational church, we must be mission-hearted and ensure that every activity we engage in is motivated by our desire for God's mission. We want to be intentional in helping to advance God's kingdom by sharing our faith sensitively and effectively and showing God's love through our actions. God's mission should be our mission because we want others to encounter God's love just as we have, don't we? Yeah. Congregational churches should aspire to have a missional mindset seeking to introduce their members to the missionary God and his mission. Congregational churches should be highly involved in different ways of serving and reaching out into their communities. There should be places where members are taught about the importance of mission, learning about the biblical significance of mission, and equipping members to actively participate in God's mission. The former Archbishop of Canterbury, 
Reverend Rowan Williams, argued that the church's approach to mission should be about finding out where the Holy Spirit is at work and joining in. Mission should be at the heart of everything we do here at North Street Church. It should be. Our aim should be to build God's kingdom by living out God's transformational love in the world. On the theme of mission, the leader of the Methodist movement, Reverend John Wesley, said, do all the good you can by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can. You get the idea. At all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. The Holy Spirit is at work here at North Street Church. In what ways will you and I look to be involved in God's mission? So what does it mean to be a congregational church? It means being mission-hearted. Mission-hearted. Amen. Let's pray. King Jesus. King Jesus. Ride victoriously on behalf of truth, humility, and righteousness. Let your hand display awesome deeds in our day. And may we participate in all that you are doing. We want to be involved in your mission in our day. We worship you. Help us to perpetuate your memory through all generations and in the communities where we are so that all the nations might praise you forever and ever. I pray for each one of us that you show us how we can be involved in what you're doing and give us the courage to get involved. Through the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen.